Welcome to Mighty House. This is a radio show for people with problems. Home improvement problems, that is. Send an email now to Robbie at MightyHouse.net or call into the show at 877-711-5611. From foundation leaks to roof repairs, the Mighty House team is on the job. You're You're listening listening to Mighty House. I'm Ron Calgar. The Mighty House team is back. You can join us on Facebook Live right now, brought to you in part by Mr. Floor and Maggie Rad. And uh, you always got to tune in during the breaks because you really never know what you're going to learn and or hear or all of the above see, I guess, was really the case. It's usually a good time to go get something else to drink. (laughs) It's not commercials like that around here. There's always something going on. We're broadcasting worldwide and live, MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com. What are you looking at me like that for, Robbie? And on the Gab I'll Radio I'll tell ne- you when you're ga- done. On the Gab Radio Network, podcasts of previous shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on HomeApprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. Video clips of the show are available at MightyHouse.net and in our Mighty House YouTube channel, where we're doing a bunch of different segments. We have the tips of the week up there. Clutter Clarity segments are all posted up there. And there's a building in florida the hurricane codes uh segment that rich is doing and we just started the building in illinois chicagoland area segments up there so we got little one minute videos just showing the the steps and the whole process uh from the differences uh, and the differences. differences from depending on where you are yes and and how we build differently so it's pretty interesting right and you can give us a call on the Mr. Floor Helpline. It's 877-711-5611, and you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe, and you can learn more at mrfloor.com. Can I talk now? Quickly. we've. I know. Okay. Okay, so the word A-L-T-I-M-E-T-E-R, <laughs> altimeter. Altimeter. I don't know. Al. Tim. But the word is meter. Yeah. So why can't it be alta meter? It, it can be whatever you want it to be, Robbie. I'm just saying, if I'm looking at a word, <laughs> if I'm looking at the, li- whatever. Uh-huh. Sorry. We, we have a guess. Should we go to Tim? Please. Please. And, and with what Tim's doing, he might need an altimeter. Yes. Be- because it's something unique. Hey, Tim. Good morning. Uh, how do you say your last name? They didn't, they didn't put it up there, so... Uh, it's got it's Gockman, Tim Gockman. Tim Gockman, and you're with New Land Enterprises. New Land Enterprises, okay. And then we were uh, supposed to have Jason on from Corbin Associates Architecture, but uh, he's like stuck on an airplane somewhere, right? Oh, he is. He is stranded in the air. We are actually coming back from the Mass Timber Conference in Portland, and uh, his flight got bumped. So, oh. oh. Due to the lack of 737s in the air right now? <laughs> Which is a good thing. I, I think, <laughs> Better safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think it was actually due to spring break. Oh, there you go. Well, cool. Okay, so you're stuck with us now, Tim. So here's the thing. Rich ran into this article. The article on your building. And go ahead, Rich, because you... This, this on is, Tower. Yes. So I, it just shocked me that you were building a high-rise timber frame. I. Where did we go that steel frame buildings or steel skeleton buildings with curtain wall? What is the advantage of doing the timber frame? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there, there are multiple. Uh, it's not just single, and it, and it depends what's important to you. But um, 
what what initially my very first exposure to timber was actually in Chicago. Uh, there is a uh, theoretical study that was done uh, by Perkins and Will, which is a uh, international architecture firm, and Thornton Tomasetti, um, and they theorized an eighty-story uh, high-rise out of mass timber on Chicago's lakefront. It was the most aesthetically beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Um, and I saw that a couple of years ago, and it stuck with us. And uh, when we were looking to see how we can differentiate our high-rise in Milwaukee, uh, we thought, well, why not mass timber? So aesthetics is certainly one answer. Uh, performance is another. It's a lot faster. It's a lot lighter. It's more precise. Uh, and then sustainability. Wood has a negative carbon footprint. It's called a carbon sink. Steel is extremely carbon-intensive. So, um and then what we're really surprised people, right, because most people right away say, oh, wood, well, what about fire safety? So mass uh-huh. timber, which is very different from your standard two-by-fours, can actually right. outperform steel in fire safety. Yeah, no, that one I knew, and it's funny because years ago when we were framing houses, we used to put I-beams down the middle of the basement, and the fire departments actually preferred wood beams because a wood beam would burn for half an hour before it would fail, where an I-beam, once it hit 1,800 degrees, would fall and pull out of the wall and the building would collapse. Right. So... Exactly I understand right. that part of the wood. I just thought it was, you know, unusual that, you know, I get the, okay, it's renewable, whatever, and I just can't believe you're doing a 238-foot-tall, 21-story building timber frame. Yeah, I, just, I saw one. They did a, they did an apartment building by us, and it was like eight or nine stories, and it was all platform-framed, and I went, why the heck are they doing that? It just didn't, it didn't make any sense that that it would be uh, more efficient or all, all the other things that you were talking about. And that my first thing was the fire, you know, if that, if that place goes up, it's, it's going to go up uh, pretty strong. So my other thing is how do you deal with the sound? Because, you know, you get into a two flat or a, a three flat and you can, the people in the, in the first floor can hear the people on the third floor walking around. So uh, sure. how do you deal with the sound in, in one of these types of buildings? Yeah, I, I think I think that you know it's important it's important to understand that we're not using mass timber as a wholesale um, uh, solution. We're not completely replacing all of the components that we typically have in the building. So there are hybrid systems. Our twenty-one story ascent is a hybrid building where we have a precast podium um, on which uh, on top of which we frame the timber, and then uh, we pour gypcrete on top of the timber structure with acoustical maps. Okay. So you still you can still achieve the the necessary necessary SDC ratings. Really? Okay, and and it'll hold because mm-hmm. because the gyp creates lightweight concrete, so you can you can right maintain that you put the mat underneath there, the acoustic mat that huh. does help. Okay, and and then you're you're building the same way then as as uh you're like a a two story house. You're just doing that for you know however many stories you want to go. Then is that correct? Well, yes and no. I mean, the, the big difference is that the majority of, uh, not majority, all of the components are being manufactured off-site. Okay. So you are trucking. Uh, you can, so they, for example, Brock Commons uh, in, in Canada, an 18-story mass timber uh, high-rise. Uh, they were moving, um, they can do a floor uh, every, I want to say, day and a half, two days. <laughs> okay. Amazing. The speed is incredible. So, right, because you're you're bringing, so you're setting down the columns, you're you're connecting the beams, and they already come with a connection attached. Okay. So literally, you're you're picking this up, you're setting it, and it just clicks in. 
uh, and then you're setting these. They can cut them. They can cut the so there's there's glue lamps. Those are your uh, beams and columns. And then there's, for example, CLT. That's your floor system. Okay. That floor system they can span at ten by sixty. Wow. Right. right? So I, you think about that speed. Yeah. And you're typically not picking up ten by sixty. You're typically typically picking up a ten by twenty or ten by thirty. But but still, you're picking up a twenty to thirty foot section and just setting it down, and then. Uh, the size of the crew, so for example, our building. Our building is uh, about a 17,000 square foot floor plate. The uh, erectors that we're talking to, they're saying, eh, our crew size is going to be about six people. That's all it takes. Wow. We don't need any more than that. Yeah, these these so Tim, just, are absolutely incredible. Yeah, go ahead. So most of the, the structure, all the pieces, you said they're mostly done like glue lamps? Yeah, so, yep. Your columns and beams are always going to be glue um, oh, okay. And then I think that's part of the system. thing. For whatever reason, because I when I first read this, when I said timber frame, I actually went straight to logs. timbers, like logs, <laughs> yeah. not round logs, but <laughs> hewn logs into beams and posts, and and that's where I think my brain went awry. Going, are you kidding me? Your timber frame now with making glue lamps and things like that, that makes a a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, and then the other thing is. What about the uh, compressed weight as you get higher, um, and then you've got these. Oh, good question. You've got these engineered lumber, which is basically you know strands of wood compressed together. So the weight gets to be you know intense the higher you go. How are those first and second floors handling uh, the, all that weight? Well, so the interesting thing about mass timber is that it's actually a lot lighter than concrete and steel. So to begin with. The overall weight of your building may be reduced by 20-30%, which allows you to size down, depending on your soil conditions, if you have pilings or whatever it is. But again, the uh, the first five uh, floors of ascent are precast. That's how we're dealing with our parking structure and our swimming pool. Got it. Um, and then the timber sits on top of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the, the building actually weighs less than its equivalent in concrete or steel. Excellent. Okay, and we're talking to get, uh, Tim from Newland Enterprises. We're talking about uh, the the timber towers, I guess is what they're calling them, and framing up uh, these high rise buildings now with uh, with lumber. And it's a pretty interesting topic. Is there a website people can go to, Tim? Yeah, it's ascentmke.com. Okay, ascent. Was that one more time? Yep, ascent. A ascent. M-K-E.com. Excellent. All right. I appreciate your time, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. All right. We'll be back right after this. Lisa and I built your room. But I don't like this clown. Uh, I wouldn't take it down if I were you. It's a load-bearing poster. It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves. This is Mighty House. You can follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show and our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. You can also give us a call on the Mr. Floor Helpline. It's 877-711-5611 and you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe and you can learn more at MrFloor.com. And uh, you can join us on Instagram now, too. We've got a, an Instagram account, so just look for Mighty House Radio Show. And, of course, you can check out our YouTube page. And if somebody wanted to sign up for the newsletter, Rich, and find out how to get all that stuff real easy in one spot, how could they do that? Oh, you go to MightyHouse.net, contact us page. Just uh, 
fill in your first last name, your email address, and scroll on down and click on boom, done. Boom, done. There you go. Okay. So uh, that was Tim uh, from Newland Enterprises. We were talking about timber framing, you know, high-rise buildings, which, do you understand that now, Robbie? Mm-hmm. And it was not interesting at all to you, was it? I only listened to some of it. <laughs> And see, not sure, it not was, sure the iron workers appreciate it, but well, yeah. That, so, I mean, who does it then? Does that fall under the carpenters' union then? Yeah, to, that would to assemble that. I would think so. That well, and they're they're booming in these sections of floors, sections of walls already pre-built, and they're just yeah. I watched them build the one that's you know right right in Northbrook when they did that. It was like nine or ten stories, and that's what they did. It just it was all it came in on trucks, and they would just pick it up with a crane and set it down. And, and for the people who are watching. Yeah, I only listened to part of it because I'm so busy responding to you, <laughs> you the listener, to you. the watcher. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I'm doing. I'm responding to your emails. You got your boots on there. Uh huh. Yeah, buddy. I got them. I got them on. I, I got I got the hip waders on. I'm safe. I can't right. do it all. <laughs> Rich can. Ron can. <laughs> I can yeah. only do so much. So so excellent. I pick and choose. I am dedicated to listening to the tip of the week. Yeah. No matter what, I am yeah. on it. In fact, so much so that we're carrying it over to the Clutter Clarity. You're robbing his topic. No, I want to continue his topic. <laughs> You're stealing his topic. I'm continuing his topic. <laughs> oh, conti- oh, I'm sorry. Continuing his topic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I go. wasn't going to, but it's a good topic. Okay. So, so there you go. Okay. So. Make it so. I am dedicated to Rich Cowgill. There you go. So uh, let's let's, uh, let's finish up. We, we were talking about the building in Florida segment there and uh, we were talking about how to they just like lackadaisically are laying stuff through there you you're at the point now where you've put your underground plumbing in yes and and we ran out of time so we didn't get to finish talking about this now i don't maybe the spots where you showed this there were um there weren't any bathrooms in that area but it didn't look like you had any um like for spots for toilet it looked like it was only like a vanity setup there was no shower, no bathtubs, no no. No, well, everything's all done with two or three inch PVC below grade, so everything goes to a three inch. But so it's all there. I just probably didn't show it. Okay, so the bathrooms are all roughed in, also. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'd... and sometimes they're even in the right place. <laughs> but you know, that that can't be easy to lay all that stuff out. I mean, you're you know you're measuring it and get you've got to be. Well, if you have a good architect, he will actually from the block wall will give you centers from two angles, two sides to right. those things. Okay. And so it usually works fairly well. Uh huh. But for whatever reason, I don't know why, and it drives me bananas. But the architects down here all measure out to out, or whatever. They don't measure drywall to drywall. Okay. So, and if you don't understand what I mean is they would show from the outside of this wall to the backside of this wall, they'll tell you it's an 11 feet. Well, it's not an 11 foot room. You got to subtract eight inches for the block there and three and five eighths for the studs on this side. So you're standing out there with your tape measure trying to figure out what the room actually is. Yeah. Where if they just gave you a dimension drywall to drywall, you'd know it was 10 foot, two and a half. Yep. Yep. And that's the thing that drives me crazy. So you got these poor guys that's always, you know, so hopefully the numbers are all written in Spanish. <laughs> I got that one. <laughs> you know, but it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, 
So, okay, so then they you got to make sure you get that in there. Does anybody go out and double-check it before the concrete's poured? Uh, my superintendent is supposed to have a checklist to follow. Now, okay. do they do it? Mm. Obviously not. Otherwise, I wouldn't get change orders for paying for chipping floors up and moving things over. Putting them where they belong then. Yes. So, okay, so then the next question I have, I noticed there was no electrical in the floor. Too soon. What do you mean too soon? Yeah, so once they get the plumbings approved, they will backfill and regrade and recompact the slab or the fill. Okay. Once that's done, they will put down the vapor barrier. Okay. Which we use a 10 mil plastic vapor barrier. Yep. And then they will put down the wire mesh on standoffs and they will put the electric on that. Oh, okay. Got it. So again, I think they have special Romex they can bury. I was going to say, now, is there, are they running PVC uh, yeah, conduit? Yeah, PVC, yeah. And then they pull the wires through that? Uh, I was just curious how they were going to yes. do all that. Okay. Yeah. I believe so. Yes. <laughs> or they just run extension cords in the concrete? That too. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, well, it's, it's actually either flexible conduit or Smurf. Okay. Right. So Smurf is like, it looks like corrugated tubing. Uh-huh. And the stuff we use is blue, so somehow it got the nickname Smurf. Okay. Because it was funny, when I first started down here, they're like, you know, we started working on it, and before they pour the tie beam, you got to go make sure they Smurfed everything. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so Smurfing means running that flexible from the tie beams from the top down into, like, where you want the outlets or lights to come out. So got it. Smurf it. Yeah, I, I, I was because I was thinking, especially with the size of some of these great rooms that you're building, you might want outlets in the floor and stuff like that. So. We do in-floor outlets all the time, yes. So those will be going in there, but a lot of times it's just from to get from A to B. Got it. All right, cool. All right, so then if you want to find out more about it, you can, you can follow it on uh, our YouTube page. Just go to Mighty House Radio Show on YouTube. You can follow all of the uh, How to Build and the one I put up for the Illinois one, in the process of doing this, because they had just put down the 10 mil plastic before they poured the concrete. So they got, mm -hmm. they got a drain tile in, they put the plastic down, and I'm walking through there looking. And you can see how the plastic is already working, stopping the evaporation of water from the ground up through there. Because on the backside of the plastic, you can see all the moisture. So right. it, was, it was already, you know, the concrete wasn't even poured, but it was already showing why you need that plastic underneath the concrete which is pretty well, cool and some of the weird things so if you notice when you start looking at all these photographs as i do this particularly pouring floors you'll notice there's not a single wood stake anywhere uh-huh we don't use wood stakes ever and part of the inspection for pre-pour is they make sure that every bit of organic matter is out from underneath that slab because uh -huh. in no way do we want to attract termites <laughs> oh wow so they literally poisoned the ground right before they put the plastic down. Really? Yes. Amazing. Wow. It is. It's crazy. Crazy stuff down here. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That's pretty cool. Okay. So uh, did you have a topic there, Robbie? That yes, you I do. What, what is it? Okay. You, you want to win Hochberg's money? Did you sign up for that? He's having the drawing this weekend. No? You didn't sign up for Hochberg's One money? One month's free mortgage? Yeah. One month's mortgage payment, up to $2,500, I believe. 56davidwin.com. Go there, sign up, <laughs> and uh, he'll pay your mortgage up to 2500 bucks. And you have a drawing every month. I, I, didn't need to, I didn't need to even bring up Hochberg, did I? 
<laughs> Come on, Robbie, talk to me. <laughs> no, no. I just saw it was no, on the no. list. I, was, I saw it was on the list. I thought well, maybe. Well, then go go for it. We're go, done. I'm done you're now. You're done. That was it? Yeah. Okay. So All I right. came a... Be, being normal is boring? Yes. What? Being normal is boring? Is that what you wanted to talk about? I don't... Hey, as long as you're a Did top you post walker, it? that's all that matters. Where, <laughs> Did you where put does that it on... say being normal is boring? On on the Facebook. Oh, the little dancer girl? Uh-huh. I thought that was you. That was a that was a video of you when it you were a kid. It is me. Yeah. yeah okay. It's me on the show. <laughs> no, it's you from being when you were a kid. They they uh right. got the eight mil out and eight... I don't think that I had the ADD when no. I was a kid. I think it's just <laughs> Dad, an, an adult thing. It's adult <laughs> ADD. Is that yeah, what it that's is? That's what I think. But I thought okay. that was just so adorable. Uh-huh. Because it's like, why not? She's dancing to her own drummer. Yeah, she's just yeah. doing her own thing. Uh-huh. Okay. Um so I came across an interesting article, uh-huh. and I'm trying to find it, but I'm okay. going to wing part of it. Okay. On foods that you should or should not store in the refrigerator. What? Mm-hmm. It was interesting to me. You know what? Some of it is on the phone. I don't know. Sometimes I can do things on Facebook on the phone yeah. that I can't do saved. Okay. okay. So it was... One article on foods that uh, things people store wrongly in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. So then I do my due diligence and then I Google more. Sure. Because if it's on the internet. It's got to be true. But if I find it true in two places, Uh then I know it's really true. Got it. Because it it was in two two places. places. So it means somebody else went copy, paste, and put it somewhere else. Well, that's why anything you find, particularly on Bookface, (laughs) where you get these clickbait things. Uh-huh. So I always go right to comments. Right. Yeah. But then they'll go, they'll give you the punchline or the finish or tell you it's not even worth it. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. Well, here's an example. And this is funny. Um, we only have two minutes. Well, this is going to take more than two minutes. Um, things that you store incorrectly. And this one article said ketchup. 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 So, Ron and Rich, do you store ketchup in the refrigerator? Yes. Opened ketchup? Yes, right Why? next to the mustard. Why? Because it blows Robbie, I don't have any ketchup in the house. I don't like it. I don't keep it. Is <laughs> there something wrong with you? <laughs> is there something wrong with you? Yeah, the only time I have ketchup is for French fries. No, not even that. What do you have ketchup for? You have it in your house. Why do you have ketchup? I don't know. It's there. You- I never use it. I never. The boss never uses it, but it's there. Maybe in case, you know, like during the summer, you're having a family cookout and there's a hot dog and the kids want some ketchup or something. Ketchup so doesn't go there. on hot dogs. Yes, it does. For kids, it does. <laughs> no, but sometimes you use ketchup like when you're going to make baked beans or something from scratch. It no, you put mustard in it. You can put mustard in ketchup. Okay. So anyway, um, according to this site, ketchup is made primarily from tomatoes. Refrigeration is not recommended for tomatoes. After tomatoes are processed to make ketchup, a variety of preservatives are added. These preservatives alone will keep your ketchup fresh without the need for refrigeration. Salt and sugar are the key preservatives used in the manufacture of ketchup. Ketchup that is low in salt and or sugar may need refrigeration. Follow the instructions on the label when storing your ketchup. Put it in the fridge. So I did what Rich said. Yeah, and threw it out? I did what Rich said, (laughs) and we'll just leave it hanging there. Because I did what Rich said. Okay. We'll find out what that is next. You're listening to Mighty House. Mighty House. Mighty House will return. 
It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves. This is Mighty House. You can join us on Facebook Live right now. Brought to you in pipe by Mr. Floor and Mag Erad. You can follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show and our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. You can also give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline. It's 877-711-5611. And you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. There we go. All right. So. Um, ketchup. We were talking a little ketchup there. We were. We were talking foods that you are refrigerating that perhaps you shouldn't refrigerate. Right, right. So. Um, but ketchup. That, that article said ketchup doesn't need to because there's enough preservatives. Especially in the ketchup packets, I would think you wouldn't need to do that if you keep those packets. And I'm sure you love finding those in people's drawers, right? It's the soy sauce. That's what I find in everybody's. <laughs> really? The soy sauce and the um, chopsticks. Squirrel? No. <laughs> no. But I was going to say, Allison, I would like some baked goods. Thank you very much. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, so I read the comments. Like Rich said, yeah. he said, read the comments. First. And it says... The bottle on the ketchup says, refrigerate the ketchup. Mm-hmm. You know, and this person is saying you don't need to. So I went to my ketchup. Yeah. And? It said, best if refrigerated. Uh-huh. It doesn't say it needs to be refrigerated. So this article might be. So is peanut butter on your list? Because that peanut should not butter. be refrigerated. <laughs> I never, That's... never put peanut butter in the refrigerator. It gets too hard. It's going to be. My I boss does. And, and yes, I keep trying to explain that, but it's not. Picking up on what I'm laying down. Oh. <laughs> wow. You're and you're cool, laying man. down a lot right now. I, I think I have to go lay down. <laughs> Randall's having a fit. <laughs> Rich is throwing out some slang at us. My goodness. Um, so peanut butter, I that was the first time that I read that peanut butter should not be refrigerated, but you two know that. Why Never. shouldn't peanut butter be refrigerated? You can't spread it on the bread. Bread will all come apart. Yeah, I don't Why? Know if it actually spoils or not, but it's oil. Basically, it's because it gets too hard. It's peanut oil, thick-based peanut oil. You don't need to refrigerate that. It always just goes in the cabinet. This says when you put peanut butter in the fridge, you're ruining this nutritious snack. Refrigeration dries peanut butter out. When you take it out of the fridge to use it, your peanut butter will be hard and dry. Think about delicious. Moist peanut butter spreading effortlessly on a slice of bread if the mental image created makes you hungry. Remember, store your peanut butter in a dark, dry space such as your cupboard. Do not let it near your refrigerator. Yeah. I never knew that. No. 877. We haven't given out the number in a long time. 711-5611. If you have any thoughts on peanut butter in the fridge or out of the fridge or any other items that you know that we shouldn't be storing in the fridge that we are storing in the fridge, talk to us. Because another thing is eggs. Uh-huh. Always in the fridge. But there was a time when eggs were never in the fridge. That's because they now the refrigerator makes a space to put them in there. They got the little dimpled things trays. Dun, so dun. now that they've made a place for them, you put them in the fridge. Why did we never store them in the refrigerator before? Because they're... I just do it to keep them from hatching. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Good one there, Rich. Okay, so melons, watermelons, cantaloupe, honeydew. 
You put those in the fridge. They don't need to be yes. in there, but you put them in there. Because they're tastier chill. when they're cold. You chill them. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture research found that storage at room temp might help keep the antioxidants more intact. Oh, I don't eat them for antioxidants. No, you, you I'm going to rust no matter what. <laughs> it's, you, got, you eat it because it's good. It's cold. It's chilled, just like you could have cold water or warm water. Cold water is a little better, especially in the summer. You want to cool off. You want a refreshment. So... If you don't have room in the refrigerator, it's okay to not store your watermelon in the refrigerator. Sure. No, you don't store it in there until you cut it up. Once you right. cut Once it, it's just, cut up. Usually then, you just take, drill some holes in it and pour it, fill it with vodka, <laughs> then you put it in the fridge. Again. <laughs> or you can be a real risk taker and fill it with Everclear. Oh, there you go. Oh, there. That's, that's dangerous. <laughs> Potatoes. Potatoes? You say potato, I say potato. Let's call the whole thing off. Okay. Do, where do you store your potatoes? Do you store they, them in the refrigerator? They could be in the fridge, but they don't need to be. They start to grow, though. Cold temperatures it, 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 will when, break down the starches in potatoes, making them unpleasantly sweet and gritty. Cool and dry is where you want to store your spuds. Uh-huh. Yep. Which honey. Would be my refrigerator. Where honey. do you store your honey? No, honey should be in the cabinet. Not the refrigerator. Rich? Honey's on the counter. Honey is not in the refrigerator. That's correct. No. Because it can crystallize and seize up in cold temperatures. Yes. Well, my house must be really cold. You know what? All you got to do is nuke it. Yeah, if you but warm it up, it'll, 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 it'll go back. again. Okay. Or you can put it in you know, warm water, put the bottle in warm water on the stove and let it warm up. See, I, I'm a firm back. believer in, in honey for more than just a sweetener because... Uh-huh. I mean, they find honey in the tombs in Egypt, 5,000-year-old honey, and it's still edible. Yes. You use it as an antiseptic. If you get a cut or scrape, you put some honey on there, you will never get an infection. There is so many uses for it. Sore throats, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And it's bee poo. It's crazy how good it is. <laughs> I'm leaving. Okay, I am leaving. Because last week, I said poo we almost didn't. threw down last week. Believe me, we almost went there last week because you said you were tired of poo talk. You were shopping online. I called Ron afterwards, and I felt so bad. I said, I feel so bad that Rich is upset that I'm talking about poop. I said, I will not talk about it. because you did it for an hour. We had people emailing questions about cat poop and and their cat litter and whether you throw it away. I'm throwing. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay, act is over. Act two. (laughs) <laughs> for those who were listening last week uh-huh. and rich ignored me and yeah. was shopping online during the show there we go okay. you got our mic back on there we go now got... uh, but in my house it wait must be... is it going speak into the mic I am. there i need andrew so when i do that did, did i you... am speaking in the mic i did you unplug my mic did it unplug when she hit it try it now Try say something now, Robbie. Robbie, okay. I uh, now try it. Now. Much better, Robbie. No, Robbie, see, Robbie, I, 10, when 9, I when 8, I turn 10, it on 6, here. 5611 We'll deal with it in a break. So you can't yes. hear me. I can now. Okay. So at my house, it must be really cold because I keep the honey out of the refrigerator, but it still crystallizes. Yeah. 
Okay, coffee. Wait, back up to the honey for a second, because yeah. I think what it is, is are you sure you're buying pure honey? Because when they add additives and sugars to it, the sugar crystallizes. Yep. Mm. See, it has to be pure honey. But I was going to say, when from, you say- From you Joe can... Tarquino at Nari. You he, can... he brings it to the Nari meetings and he sells it. You can heat it in the <laughs> microwave, but if you have the little honey bear tube, you can't heat that because that's plastic. Then you, put, then you warm water on the stove and you put it in the warm water. Or you can run it underneath the water in the sink if you want to just waste water, mm. running hot water out of the tap. Mm. Coffee. Mm. Mm. Coffee? Mm-hmm. Where do you- Keep that in a mug. In the freezer. Keep it in the mug. Um, <laughs> where do you- <laughs> <laughs> Or you could just email directly ron at mightyhouse.net. No, 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 rich. Rich at mightyhouse.net. Coffee beans, people. Coffee beans. In the freezer. Freezer. Yeah, Randall's agreeing with me. In the freezer. I don't even drink coffee, but put it in the freezer. Robbie? Mm, No. Humidity in the fridge can cause a buildup of watery condensation, which is no good for the flavor of ground or whole bean coffee. Store yours in an airtight container in the pantry. Or the refrigerator freezer. If you put it in the freezer... Which has no moisture, condenses it, out. Correct. So then it's even drier in the freezer. Right. As the official coffee aficionado of Mighty House, yes. You <laughs> put whole beans in the freezer. Because that, that zero humidity, the humidity level in there is really, really low. And less than the cabinet, less than the refrigerator, less than leaving it sit out on the counter. Tomato. 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 They go in the refrigerator too. No! <laughs> Once you've cut them, yeah, they go in there. Oh my god! Because they're part they're part of your salad, and then, and they're also in a ketchup bottle. So you put it all it goes in, the, in the fruit drawer. Fruit drawer, yeah. No, and I learned this a while ago, and yeah. something about uh, the refrigerator makes tomatoes mealy and dull. And I don't remember who told me this, but it's so true. Never ever put your tomatoes. I guess when they're cut, that's different. But who I, has I a really, leftover cut tomato? Say? Yeah, I got to get you guys a picture of fresh tomatoes coming from the fields, going to processing, because all the commercials tell you they use the finest ripe, uh huh, ripe tomatoes, uh huh, semi loads of green tomatoes. Going yeah, <laughs> yeah. They don't use ripe tomatoes. No, they, said they never be able to transport them. Yeah, well, they they they're they're all in a bin, we're yeah. waiting for them to turn red, and then they start to process them. But never, ever put your tomatoes in the refrigerator. And like I said, who has leftover? You cut a tomato and you eat it. You don't have leftover. I mean, I guess if you're chopping it up, you know. We've even got a Tupperware container for like half of a tomato that you can put it in there and seal it. Really? Yeah. Because Tupperware makes it. We've got it. Underripe ones can go on the window seal. Ripe ones stay on the counter. The other thing I learned is a lot of people will store the tomato upside down on the stem end Uh because it won't roll around as much. Uh Uh-huh. Never do that. No? No, because right. the tomato grows with the stem end up. Right. So for some reason, I can't remember. The, Gravity? I can't remember the reason behind it, but you don't, you store it on the counter, but stem end up. As best as wow. possible. Yeah. Even if you have to cut the bottom off so it sits. <laughs> don't look at me that way. <laughs> If you put How much them time, Randall? in a bowl, you don't have to worry about cutting the bottom off. All right. Unbelievable. Okay. Onions. Onion. Do you keep your tomatoes with your bananas? Because one helps the other ripen. 
I never have a problem with bananas ripening. They, no. They do it. They, I don't have to encourage that. No. I think that's how you make a tomato ripen. You put it in a bag with a banana. Oh, yeah, because then it'll... I got you. Which I see what you're saying. Or if you're under the age of 35, avocados. Oh. Same thing. Love Where avocados. do you keep your avocados? In the refrigerator? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Okay, but we're on onions right now. Onion? They can sit Keep out. those next to the potatoes. Yeah. Right right in the uh, in the uh, root cellar. The humidity of the refrigerator makes them moldy and mushy. Avoid direct sunlight, and once they're cut open, you can put them in a receivable bag in the vegetable drawer. All right. But keep them out of the cold. We'll be back with Quarter Clarity next. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. See, I work construction. I build things. I don't know if y'all realize the pressure a man like me's got on. This is Mighty House. Podcasts of previous shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on, on HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. And uh, you can uh, give us a call on the Mr. Floor Helpline. It's 877-711-5611. And you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. And a newsletter, Rich, if somebody wanted to find that. Oh, you go to MightyHouse.net, click on the Contact Us page, put in first, last name, your email address, scroll on down and click on Boom, Done. And before we get into clutter clarity here, uh, Randall, are you ready? And Randall, now this. Hello, colleagues. Thank you for the continued initiative to maintain our professional relationship and produce the most valuable content for the loyal audience we are so proud to be connected to. From Saturday, March 23rd, through Sunday, March 31st, I will be temporarily unavailable to fulfill my duties both in the educational and professional sphere. For urgent contact, please reach out via the email address listed in the signature below or leave a short message via the web address. Due to a crossing of an international border, cellular calls may not be available. My executive role at WNTH 88.1 FM, the voice of Nutrier, will be halted and the production of both the weekly news magazine program, Nutrier Now, and the three programs in which I co-host will be temporarily rescinded. Alternate arrangements at WCGO 1590 AM and the Global American Broadcasting Network, GAB, have been solidified such that no auditory change to the weekend brokered content will be observed. Pasted below are the official shift coverages. <laughs> and that was for, from our beloved fresh meat. That was yes. an email we got from him. <laughs> That's his autoresponder for being out of office. Yes. <laughs> Not, I'm on vacation, see ya. Right. <laughs> Contact uh, nobody if you got a problem. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Unbelievable. That's our, that's our awesome. fresh meat for you, for sure. Hey, do you know who Clutter Clarity is powered by? Mr. Floor. Really? Just like that? You just, like, off the top of your head, you just knew that? Uh huh. Wow. Do you have a disarrangement disorder? Can't seem to get that jumbled hodgepodge pile of chaos in one place? Maybe it's time for a little disposal, a little cleanup, a little eradication, evacuation, liquidation, and purgeification. Here's Robbie with a tip on how to put some neatness into your disorder. This is Clutter Clarity on Mighty House. 
it from this prison. Lord, help me get away. Wish I could. Cause only you can save me now from this misery. I switched microphones on you. I've been lost in my own place. I give up right I'm now. getting weary. How far is heaven? Cause I know that I need to change my ways of living. How far is heaven? Lord, can you tell me? All right, what I can tell you is Clutter Clarity is powered by Mr. Floor. Mr. Floor cleaning products are all toxic and environmentally safe. <laughs> and you can earn more at MrFloor.com. I still can't believe that Rich talked about bee stuff. I'm not even going to say the word because I promised I wouldn't. I didn't want to hurt Rich's feelings anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, you really can't. It's not the mere mention of it. It's the hour spent on it. <laughs> there you go. He went there. <laughs> okay, so Rich and his tip of the week, we should do this all the time, Rich. We should continue tip on the weekend to Clutter Clarity, was talking about removing things from the house. And you talked about... Debris removal from, like, remodeling and stuff. Right, but not necessarily debris. You were talking about having an auction. I just wanted to go continue what you were talking about a little bit about... Mm -hmm. So tell us what that was, an auction to have somebody come in and bid on? Yeah, a lot of times before you have a house demolished or remodeled, you can have an interior auction, and they do architectural salvage. So maybe you've got three-panel wood doors. Maybe you've got hand-built cabinets, a built-in in the dining room. So you can actually auction that stuff off, and they will remove it and take it away immediately. How do you find these people? I think the Craigslist. Google machine. Yeah, Google machine, Craigslist. All that. So is it the homeowner? So if I buy a property that I am going to tear down Remodel. and rebuild? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Or even if I'm not tearing the whole thing down, I'm going to remodel yep. most of my house, for example. So I call these people and they come in and they take out what they want. Sure. They, you might you may not need any of the baseboards and all, you want to get rid of all the interior doors, the exterior doors, the windows. You know, uh, stuff like that. Anything that's salvageable that you want to get rid of that you're not going to reuse, you just put it in there. You know, you just, you know, put it on your Craigslist listing and uh, just put it on there, you know, that, that you're auctioning all this stuff off. And somebody would want baseboards? They come, they take baseboards, doors. They pull up the oak flooring and reuse old oak flooring. Yeah. yeah. And is it worth it? Cabinetry. To those people that well, don't have it. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I was just trying to find an auction house for you, but I tried architectural salvage. And of course, there's 10,000 places that do right. architectural salvage. So they all popped up. But how much is a homeowner getting? I mean, is it worth it to it, the It homeowner? really has less to do with what that it, than making money on it. It has more to do with um, getting rid of the stuff and not having to to provide the labor to remove it or pay to have it hauled away. Yeah, you, if you're paying 300 bucks a dumpster... And it takes two or three dumpsters, you know, versus having somebody come in and disassemble it and take it out and reuse it. You know, that there you go. So I've got this company here, PB Auctions, uh, Home Improvement and Building Materials. Yeah. And they'll, they'll run the thing for Pennsylvania you, Pennsylvania right? and Ohio, but yeah, it's not really what we're looking for. Let me keep looking. 
Well, but, I'd like oh. that. I like that <laughs> idea a lot for somebody who's doing a remodel. Yeah. There's salvage companies out there that will run it for you too. But if you want to do it yourself, you can. You can just you can put it on there that you know that you're uh, tearing out a bathroom and you've got a vanity, a sink, you know, faucet, light fixtures, and a tub, a toilet that you're giving away. And maybe somebody that's doing a build out in their basement could use that stuff. And they're gonna they're gonna build a new basement bathroom and they'll throw it in there. And if they don't have right. the money to buy all brand new stuff. That's fine, and you know, and even if they pay a hundred bucks for it all, still a hundred bucks you didn't have, and you don't have to worry about removing it. I like it. Now, the problem that I have a lot of times with clients is furniture that they want to get rid of that nobody wants. Even Habitat for Humanity. Oh yeah. Well, because if it's got, um, if it's laminated furniture, nobody wants that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people don't understand that things are outdated and even a you know resale shop might not want their things. Yep. Or there is somebody, for example, I have a client and she has a beautiful glass table on some pedestals that she had custom made for her house and she would like to sell it, not move it with her, right. and get about $1,500 for it. Mm. I had it, some people look at it, um, you know, just through pictures, and sure. they said maybe it's worth $600. The other problem is, look at the size of that. How many people have a dining room that size anymore? Right. It was about nine foot by four foot. See, that's, you a, know. that's a pretty big dining room table. And so I struggle yeah. with managing expectations for people. And if anybody has any advice on this, please call <laughs> 877-711-5611 because this happens all the time. The client's like, you know, this was multi-thousand, multi-thousand? Sure dollar piece, you know, I'm willing to let it go for fifteen hundred. I'd like more. I'm willing and then people are telling me it's only worth six hundred. It's heavy as heck. Yeah. So to get it moved out, you know, what do I tell somebody who doesn't want to hear that their beautiful piece Well you tell them it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay. And the other side of it is if you have like a lot of in the late eighties, early nineties, those bedroom suits that were all made out of laminated, you know, um they're all laminated cabinetry and everything and they light up yeah. have you seen the bedroom ones that light up nobody wants them they're worthless you might have paid 15 grand to have that all built right. garbage this that's clutter clarity for you today house. mighty house will return best.